talk about a few things. Whether we like it or not, the Confederate emblem on our state flag is viewed by many as a symbol of hate. There's no getting around that fact. I know many people who have ancestors and love everything about the bravery of the people that they read about, that they hear about in their lineage that fought for the Confederacy. I know those people. I've heard those stories. I get it. I know there are many good people who also believe that this flag is a symbol of our Southern pride and heritage. But for most people throughout our nation and the world, they see that flag and think that it stands for hatred and oppression. That too is simply a fact. It's one we cannot sit here and deny. We start every day in this body, in this chamber, with prayer. The God we pray to created us all in his image. He created each one of us of every race equal in his eyes. This belief, that belief, was the basis of our country's founding idea, that we are all created equal. Every day we pledge allegiance to that idea, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I hadn't seen a person in here deny to say that part. That is the heritage we should all cherish. That is what we should preserve. As an elected leader, part of my job is to defend our American ideals. That is your job as well. In a time when too many have come to doubt those very things. You and I cannot carry the banner of freedom in one hand and the banner of hate in the other. It does not work that way. It's time we had a flag that is in harmony with our founding fathers' ideas. Now, let me stop here and say this and acknowledge it. Many opponents of changing the flag say we should stand up for what is right, that we shouldn't cave to outside pressure, that we should stand up for what is right, even if it's bad for business. I agree with those people. I'm not for changing the flag because of outside pressure. I'm not for changing it because it's better for business. I'm here today because it is simply the right thing to do. I am more than willing to accept economic hardship and public pressure to defend what is right. Lord knows we've done that over and over again in this state. But what we should not inflict those hardship on our state to defend something that we all acknowledge should change and we know it's wrong. Some say that changing the flag is going to put us on some slippery slope. And I've had great and long debate and conversations with you all privately about that. That it's going to lead us to abandoning our symbols and our cherished beliefs and all the things that we hold dear. But changing the flag alone, stop for a minute and think about it. It doesn't logically lead to that conclusion. By changing our flag, we don't abandon our founding principles. We embrace them more fully by doing what is right. We're not moving further away from our founding father's visions. We're moving closer to them. We are not destroying our heritage. We're fulfilling it. We are fulfilling those ideas. 
Changing the flag does not lead in the direction of the slippery slope. Every other state that had Confederate symbolism in their flag, they've removed it. It's gone. It didn't result in those states losing everything that they hold dear. They didn't abandon the love of God and country that they have for their homeland, for their people, for their families. None of that happened. And it's not going to happen here. This is not about erasing history. It's about making it. It's about making history. History is not just something that we only inherit. We all know it that way because that's what we do. We read about history and things that happened. But it's not something that we just inherit. It's also about making history. And it moves on. And time marches on. And you're here in this place today for that very reason. What we pass on is our choice. History's made to this point. I'm not for throwing it away or abandoning it. But we're here now at a point. We're at a jumping off point. And what we pass on here is our choice. But it's not just our choice. It's mine and your responsibility. Change is inevitable. Change happens. The question for you and I today is what kind of change we're going to have. Do you want radical change that rejects our past in its entirety and leaves us lost and we go kicking and screaming down the road into the 21st century? Do we want that? Or can we have common sense conservative change that leaves the mistakes of the past behind and takes our best traditions into the future. Those are the things we should embrace and hold dear and expound on and move forward. There are some who say this, this decision, Jason, is too big for the legislature. It's too big for y'all to make. That should be left to a public vote. Here's what I say about that. Our founders gave us a republic. It's the best design the world has ever seen. It's here in your hands today. In a republic, and I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm telling you, we're elected to make tough decisions. We're elected to cast tough votes. And the people in this body, some of you are new, and this is your first session, and maybe in a lot of ways it's not fair, but maybe in another, in, in a whole bunch of different ways, I would tell you you're blessed. But on tough votes, I've sat up here with many of you at night and we've argued and you've called me bad names and I might have called you bad names and we've taken tough votes. When votes came in here on funding schools and tax increases, everybody in here took a tough vote. You took a tough vote. When it comes time to protect our rights, be they our families, be guns, all the different things we've debated, the unborn. We took tough votes. We disagreed a lot of times, but we took tough votes. Nobody ever round at, ran down here to this well and said, well, let's stop the train right now. Let's run home. Let's get a referendum and let's see how the vote comes out. And then I'll let you know. Nobody did that. We stood here, we voted, and we moved on. It's what we were elected to do. We cannot shirk our responsibilities. In one of our nation's darkest hours, President Lincoln addressing Congress, 
describe the inescapable duties of elected leaders. Those words then still ring true today. Here's what he said. We cannot escape history. We will be remembered in spite of ourselves. We hold the power and we bear the responsibility. It's time to exercise our responsibility today. It's time to adopt a new state flag that's rooted in the best traditions of that liberty and that justice for all that we talk about. And let's move forward together and show the nation once and for all that we are one nation under God. Ladies and gentlemen, this resolution suspends the rules for the purposes of introduction of a bill that will do two things. It will delete the current code section, which is 3316, that is the current design of our state flag. It deletes that section in its entirety, or this resolution allows us the ability to address that code section. In addition, this would allow us to introduce a general bill that would establish a commission that would meet, come up with designs. It'll, it, I envision it having appointments by the speaker, the lieutenant governor, and the governor, involving some of our uh, Department of Archives and History and the Arts Commission and some of those folks in the appointments. They would meet, come forward with a design. They would hash that out, come forward with a design that has two stipulations. The design cannot include the Confederate battle emblem as part of its design, and it shall include the words, in God we trust. Those are the only two charges, if you will, to that commission. They would come forward and settle on one design that would be reported to the Secretary of State no later than the middle of September and would go on the ballot this November and would have to receive a majority, that one design would have to receive a majority vote of the people of this state. If they reject that design, the commission will go back to work and would bring another one forward and we would set another election at a future date. Mr. Speaker, that is a very brief explanation of a concurrent resolution. Again, this is not the bill. This is simply um, the mechanism by which we would address those issues. I'd be glad to yield for any questions. Questions, lady from Lincoln, Ms. Curry. She passes. Gentleman uh, Jackson, Mr. Geis. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Request to be recognized for an amendment, proper time. All right, Gentleman Monroe, Mr. Brown. Yes, sir, Mr. Speaker. Um, I'd like to have an opportunity to speak on the amendment. Okay. This on the amendment or the resolution? On the resolution, I think. Okay. Yes. Uh, gentleman from Hines, Mr. Banks. Gentlemen, uh, you explained the bill and you said, of course, if it did not pass the first time, they would come back with another design. Is that correct? That is correct. And you did say that the current flag resolution, current flag legislation we have in the code section now will be repealed now. Is that That's right? Correct. Well, that in the meantime, if it, if it were rejected uh, during that interim period, what would be the state flag? There would be no state flag. There would be no state flag. That's correct. Which is something we did have many, many years ago. 
when we had board referendum. For me, we did not really have an official state flag. We used the state flag we have now. Customary, because that uh, statute had been repealed way back in the 30s. A lot of people don't know that, but thank you. Thank you, General. Gentleman from Madison, Mr. Blackman. Yeah. Oh, you passed? All right. You want to, okay. All right, I don't see any further questions. I'm gonna recognize the gentleman from uh, Jackson, Mr. Geis, for an amendment. The gentleman's recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell you, going back several years, we started down the path of exploring a different flag of our state. And in 2016, 17 actually, I requested a bill be drafted in that regard. In a meeting with my colleagues, it was not timely to drop it, to, to bring it before the uh, speaker's office for consideration. Since then, in 2018, 19, and 20, I authored a bill to change our flag. In each instance, there's a little bit different element to it, trying to make it more favorable to the people of this body. It never came out of committee. But in all cases, it gave the opportunity to vote by the people of our state. Right or wrong, in 2001, the people of our state were granted the right to vote on their flag, on our flag. They've come to expect that where I live. So don't think that I'm up here with a light heart or without having explored this for an extended period of time. Many of y'all know, because I'm a man that's rigid in his opinions, I had a lot of opponents the last time I went back in session. So I had to visit with my constituents a lot. Thank you, Mr. President. I went on the front porch more than three times. Recess up to call the chair. Aside from the big four and the bulk of House District 114, the main question I was asked, like many of you, is where do you stand on the flag? And my response was consistent. It was, I'm not going to vote to change our flag without you having an opportunity to vote on it. I believe if you look at the history of the bills that I had drafted and requested, that we need to have a flag that is unifying. We need to have one that we can all attest to the fact that we love one another. Y'all know I love all of y'all in here. Everybody in here is my brother and my sister. I care about every one of you. We don't always agree, but I do love you. So I'm here on behalf of the people that had to get out there and campaign hard and give them an opportunity to keep their word, to not vote to change our flag until the people had an opportunity to vote on it themselves. It's obvious we're here today and there's votes to do to the contrary, but I'm a man that keeps to his word. So 
We're all going to vote how we need to vote. This is going to be a voice vote. I'm willing to accept the ruling of the chair, of the speaker, on how the voice vote goes. Get in a dry mouth. Voice vote goes. You do what you think you should. But remember, be true to yourself. Let's love each other when we're finished with this. And let God give us all peace for the rest of our lives. Thank you. Gentlemen, Tate, Mr. Lamar, you have a question? Motion, Mr. Speaker. State your motion. Move to table the amendment. Motion is to table. Those opposed have five minutes. Any opposed? I don't see any. All right, question occurs on the motion to table amendment one. If you favor the, uh, the motion to table, indicate by saying aye. Opposed, no. No. The ayes have it. Motion to table Thank you, Mr. passes. All right, I don't see any further amendments. Uh, gentleman from Monroe wishes to speak. He's recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise before you today and not support, not in support of the current flag. I want to make that clear. I do rise in support of not taking the joy from the people of Mississippi to tell this country and the world that we are moving forward together. We want to take the joy away from them. We have seen momentum across this state that says, we are ready for a change. I've got text after text after text saying, I'm for flag change, but don't take my right from me to choose. I want to tell my kids and my grandkids and my children that I made the right choice. We as a body want to take that from them. I don't think we can move forward together if we say you can have any flag you want except the one, except this one. If we put the current flag on the ballot with another good design, the people of Mississippi will change it. I believe that. Let's not steal their joy. They want to show the world that they're moving on. We want to take that from them. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We saw it right at the University of Mississippi. They had a mascot they wanted to change, and they changed it. You can have any mascot you want except this one. 15, 20 years later, they still don't have a consensus. That's not where we want to be as a state. We want to move forward together. The only way to do that is to put this flag on the ballot and if it's defeated at the ballot box, it is over. If the people don't get a chance to vote on it, we'll see referendum after referendum after referendum after referendum of unrest and people unhappy because we took that right from them. I'm not rising here in support of the current flag. I want to restate that. But I am rising in support of the people's right to choose that and to not steal their joy to say we as a people, as a state, are moving forward together. I trust the people of this state. I hear from them every day just like you do. 
They're great people. I love Mississippi and I trust our people more than any other state in this union. They're good-hearted people. They will do the right thing if we give them a chance. Now's the time to let them speak. A vote to suspend the rules, a no vote to suspend the rules is not, I repeat, is not an endorsement of the current flag. It is not. A no vote to, to, to this HC79 is to say, I want the people to have that choice. I'm not going to steal their joy. I respect any, everybody in here. Thank you for listening to me. And I, after all this is over, I'm still going to call you friends. I just want to let the world know that Mississippi is moving forward together. And I have confidence in the people of this state. Jumper Madison, you wish to speak? Thank you, Mr. Speaker. It's been 20 years since I was at this podium <clears throat> and really pretty much following a speech that we just, <coughs> excuse me, that we just heard, the referendum. I was on the flag commission that was uh, appointed to travel about the state to take input from the citizens of this state on a flag design uh, to keep the current flag with the Confederate emblem or to explore another design. I don't know how many of you are here at that time or experienced that, but that was a pretty bad experience for all of us, especially for former Governor Winters who headed up the commission. Our lives appeared to be in jeopardy at some of those hearings. We had high patrol escorts. I had a personal driver. Uh, in some places, we left on two wheels because of the divisiveness that, that those hearings uh, engendered in Mississippians. It turned into not necessarily an exploration of ideas, but one of expressions of hatred, divisiveness, racial discord. It was the wrong thing to do then. Because people who were generally friendly to each other's neighbors had no reason to dislike one another suddenly had a cause. And that cause was one of interpretation of history. Those who were people like me saw the flag a certain way. Those who were not like me saw the flag based on their own experiences, their, their family associations, their own history. Obviously, those histories were not the same. I know that when, when you walk into this building every day and you look at that point, I would guess that a lot of you don't even see that flag in the right corner up there. There are some of us who notice it every time we walk in here. And it's not a good feeling. Sadly to say that, you... I've moved past the kind of feelings I had growing up and seeing that flag as it traveled through our neighborhoods. It was not for good purpose, but now my kids are all adults. They've come up having to accept the fact that Mississippi has a flag that represents a history 
But it's painful to them. They don't, they didn't experience it. They read about it. They studied it. Now I have grandkids who ask them questions about that flag. That's not a uniting issue there. We need a flag that, that you heard the story of Francis Scott Keyes and the Star Spangled Banner. And every time we hear that song, wherever we are, we, we get up and we all rise. And we, we rise whether you're black, white, green, or yellow. And there's a sense of pride in, 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 in the song and looking at that flag. When the color gods comes through, we, we stand up and we salute that flag. But if you bring in our state flag now, and there's no uniting song, there's no, there's no melodious tunes for that flag, it ought to be something that we all feel, feel a sense of pride that when we see it, we know that that's about us, not just some of us. So I, when I went in the room a moment ago in rules and I, I read through the, through the, uh, uh, through the suspension resolution, you know, I said that a lot of thought went into that because it appears to touch upon almost everybody's concern. We're going to have a referendum, just not a referendum on that flag. We're going to have a, a, an opportunity to devote to put that flag in the right corner up there where it ought to be in the history books, perhaps even in the museum. Will it be part of our history where those who want to study and know about it can see it, can understand what it means to some and what it means to some others? I'll commend those of us in this building who took, who've taken a, a giant step. I'll say now to the speaker a few years ago, when I first read that he said that the fact uh, should be changed, I was surprised that a man in his position would take such a bold step, no matter what his personal beliefs are, but to step forward and say it. He's on the right side of history now. I woke up, this, woke up this morning like many of you and I watched the news and on each channel they were talking about the vote on Mississippi's flag. Senior legislator says Mississippi has the votes. That's on national news. You look at the international news, it's there too. Why one state in, in the United States concerned about a flag brings about international interest. It is so because of what that flag stands for. That's not something that we ought to continue. Well, my kids, your kids, grandkids, uh, when that flag comes around, they'll stand in attention and all be proud to say, that's my flag too. All right, this is a good piece of legislation. I wish I had written it <laughs> and take some credit for it. But I can take credit for voting forward. I ask you to support the resolution. I don't see anyone else wishing to speak. I recognize the chairman to close. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I appreciate the comments made at this well today. I appreciate the comments from those of you who have sought me out over the last few days in this building to express your desire one way or another. And I would simply say this to you, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're where you are. 
I'm glad we're all here together making this decision. To the gentleman Monroe, from Monroe's point about the people's vote, I simply want to say this. There's no desire here to usurp anybody's right to a vote. People voted for you and me. You went to their door and you knocked on it and you asked them to vote for you. You signed up for this. This country has gone to war and we didn't stop and weigh all the things and run a ballot out to every person in this nation to see when Pearl Harbor was bombed if we were going to go to war. This state seceded from the Union, and they didn't run a ballot box up through the Mississippi River and back down the middle of the state on a railroad and see where everybody weighed in on it. Delegates went and took a vote, and they moved. And why today would you urge anything different than you as a legislative body? Earlier this session, we forcefully said to different folks in different branches of government, this body has a duty and a right on certain things. I submit to you that this is one of those things. Mr. Speaker, I would move that we adopt the resolution. All right, gentlemen, use the floor. Question now recurs on House Concurrent Rule, uh, excuse me, House Concurrent Resolution 79. Open the machine, Madam Clerk. If you favor the resolution, vote aye. If you're opposed, vote nay. Everyone voted. Has everyone voted? Close machine, Madam Clerk. By vote of 85 yeas and 34 nays, resolution passes.